The first few years of marriage are a time of massive adjustment as a man and woman come together to build the foundations of their future. And in reality, those foundations start even before the wedding day in critical conversations and decisions that will have a lifetime of impact. I'm Ben Houck here with my wife, Stacy for another episode of This Is Family. Wow, looking back, we can see how critical those early days of marriage are and how much early decisions affect the trajectory of a family. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about those monumental moments and what foundations young couples can build so that their marriage is everything God wants it to be. For sure, and today's guest, they're no stranger to the show. Joining us again today are Reverend Chris and Leah Henderson. Brother and Sister Henderson have served in various capacities at Calvary Tabernacle and Indiana Bible College since 2008. Currently, they lead the Calvary Young Marrieds Ministry for married couples up to age 35. The Hendersons are working hard to serve young marrieds with tools and resources to help them in those early years of marriage. Brother and Sister Henderson are also our primary premarital counselors here at Calvary, and it's very clear that they have a big burden for seeing marriages thrive. Together, Brother and Sister Henderson have two sons, Corbett and Wyatt, and they are doing an excellent job raising their family to walk in truth. Brother and Sister Henderson, thank you so much for joining us on This Is Family. Absolutely. What an honor to be here. Well, we're really happy to have you. So, um, you know, I, I think we all could remember the the anticipation and and just that excitement of leading up up to the wedding day and and those first few months being married. It's it's so exciting and so new. Uh, it's just the thrill of coming together and, and starting a life together. Um, but it's easy to get caught up in the rush of the newness of it all. But taking time uh, to build those foundations is something that's important. And uh, uh, I just want to maybe see if we can take a step back from that early time. Absolutely. For the, for, from those first early days of marriage. And, and let's talk about what couples who maybe who are engaged or who are seriously dating, what can they be thinking about now uh, that will set them up for a successful marriage? Where do you squeeze the toothpaste? Oh, that's, uh, or yes. Mm, you, you know, we gave up on that. I finally just decided that actually he decided that he would just go ahead and get my toothpaste on my toothbrush for me. Yes. Yeah, see, I know why. Oh, yeah. You know what? It's, it's, you just changed the standard of husbands everywhere and I'm done with this. <laughs> Cause I could not figure out how to do it. just right. We had to like crimp. We had to like get all of it to the top. We had to rub it along the edge of the <laughs> well, tabletop. She's admitting that she's the one that did it wrong. Yeah, well, I did because it. Because she squeezed in the well, middle. Well, I wouldn't say I did it wrong. I did it my way. Uh, but you, you do bring up a good point, though. There are a lot of those things Absolutely. that, like... <laughs> I just do because it's the way I do it. And she does it a completely different way. And then when we got married, it drove me nuts. And so my way was the wrong way. Oh, of course it always is. Oh, well, in our family, someone decided to tell me that I was ironing their shirts the wrong way. No, 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 no. I didn't say you ironed them the wrong way. (laughs) I said that you hung them the wrong way. Oh, no. You told me I ironed them in the wrong order. (laughs) You did iron them in the wrong order. (laughs) 
You don't iron the sleeves before you or after you iron everything else because then the body of the shirt gets right, wrinkled. Right, right, right. My dad never complained. So I know. That's oh, where my, I learned my goodness. to do Well, it. we're going to have to maybe have another episode on, on <laughs> Would you all need some premarital counseling? <laughs> Late for that. He, he irons his own shirts from now on. Oh, so, <laughs> so, Ben, you... Uh, you put the toothpaste on your wife's toothbrush, and I, do. I iron my own shirt. So if so. you want a happy marriage, there's the toothpaste <laughs> yes. right there. Yeah. The minute they complain, guess what? It's their it's job. Their responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but so seriously now, we've had some fun. But if, if, if a couple is, um, their trajectory is definitely toward marriage, mm-hmm. uh, whether they're engaged and they're, they're already in that planning phase, mm-hmm. uh, or they're like, you know what, we, we know we're going to get married. We got to, you know, set up our lives here. Um, from your vantage point, um, and, and I think you all had a really wonderful, um, uh, time of dating is what I've heard. Uh, it was, it was a long time of dating. Yeah. Six years. Wow. Fantastic. Ours well, was okay. four. Yeah. Ours was a while. Yeah. A lot so of that was growing up. Let's come from that perspective of, mm-hmm. okay, we know we're going to be married and, uh, and what do we need to do to make this work? I think the, the number one thing that a couple can do is keep your parents, your pastor, your mentors, keep those people mm-hmm. engaged. So don't just look to be engaged with your fiance, but invite those other voices into the relationship. Hey, dad, what are the problems that, that you might see? Mm-hmm. What what are some things that you observe in our relationship that, that would hinder us? I can remember distinctly driving down uh, 225, which is a freeway in Deer Park, Texas. We were on our way someplace headed uh, east toward the ship channel. And my dad looked at me and he said, Chris, you know her breath's going to stink in the morning, right? And mm. I said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, you know this. And that was his lead question. But yeah. there were a lot of other questions sure. on that trip that he asked me. Uh, I didn't have a ring at that point, but it, it was obvious. I'm hard-headed yeah. and stubborn. It was obvious that this was the one that I wanted to marry. Yeah. And uh, he asked those hard questions. And while I didn't necessarily seek that out, my dad was engaged enough and other mentors were engaged enough to pour into that. So if you don't have someone who is uh, like that, seek that out. Good. Ask your pastor, ask your parents, ask your mentors in, in life. Uh, which I, I'm of the opinion everyone needs to have a mentor and everyone needs to be a mentor. So mm-hmm. find that that person and say, hey, what what do I need to be aware of? Yeah. Ask them. Don't just seek to be engaged to the to the, your fiance, but seek to be engaged in the community of Christianity. If a couple is only listening to one another, that's a feedback loop. Exactly. They're in an echo chamber, um, and and you can get into a destructive place fairly quickly, and you can have yeah. completely unrealistic expectations of mm-hmm. what uh, of what marriage. Uh, is going to be absolutely. You know, I read recently the uh, the most destructive phrase ever written was, "And they lived happily ever after." Uh, because yeah. there's a lot that happens after. Exactly. When the credits roll on a movie, life happens. Life and happens. Yes. There's a sure. lot in the middle. Yeah. There's a lot that happens in the middle. Yes. Yes. So good. Life so, gets thrown at you. Real life. Absolutely. We spent a lot of time at our parents' houses. Mm-hmm. Our dating years was pretty much at my mom and dad's house or his mom and dad's house. Yeah. I think that was us at his, because his mom and dad were my youth pastor also, his youth pastor also. But yeah, like I was at his house all the time. And so it was a lot of family time. And 
right. hanging out with them. So you weren't, I wasn't just getting to know him. I was very integrated into his family also. And same with him coming to all my family events and stuff. Which, as we know, you marry the family. Yeah. Yes. I was fixing to say that. Judy, <laughs> Judy is my crazy. mother-in-law. And she says, uh, she said, Chris, one of the things that God has blessed me with that I'm so thankful for is that all my kids that got married, our families just gel. And I think that's another thing that people need to be aware of. Engage the community, but also understand that, that crazy Uncle Tom yeah. isn't going to go away just because you got married. And you're not going to be able, guys, you're not going to be able to sweep her off into your own little family style and your own family culture just because she said I do and you said I do. It's right. going to you need to you need to figure that out long before marriage. Yeah. And parents let the kids get married and have a life of their own. Don't be domineering. That's good. You can cut it out if you want, <laughs> that's but that's how good. I feel. <laughs> no, that's, that's the worst. Okay, I have so you mentioned that I have two boys. The worst thing that I can do for their marriage is try and tell him how he needs to be a husband. Yeah. If I haven't taught him how he needs to be a husband before he gets married, I failed as a parent. Right. And so modeling it really. Bingo. You gotta model it and teach them while they're in your home. Yeah. Because once they're adults, then it's just gonna be a now, if they come to you for some advice, that's, that's great. Completely, completely different. But yeah. Yeah. It, it really, even there, I feel that that should be together as advice. Because if you start separating out, like the the wife from the husband, and mm-hmm. you know the wife's going and just talking to her mom mm-hmm. about her husband and all his stuff. Yeah, that's dangerous. Ooh, or yeah. or vice versa. It works both ways, and so you've got to be so careful. Yeah. So, Chris, uh, just a few moments ago, you talked about this little drive that you took with your dad. And, yeah. and he asked you that very real and mm-hmm. very practical question. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that often we seek out advice on the big things, the, um, you know, oh, how do we handle, you know, uh, holidays or, and, and those are important things to, to think sure. about, but there's the everyday, the in and out, um, the, the, just the, the waking up and the going to bed and all the things, you know, that, that life entails, um, and, and your father, uh, was, was very active and, and helpful in that, in that area. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the things that you all talked about and, and you get, and let's, oh, let's get as, let's get as real, <laughs> let's get as real here. As, you asked for it. <laughs> okay. Because, because here's the thing, right? If, if we're going to have real successful marriages, we need to talk about real Correct. life issues. Correct. Uh, I was I was so blessed as a 30, am I 37, babe? I think you're 38. Do you have to do math to figure out your age? Cause he you, really does. So you've come to a certain point in your life. <laughs> okay. I'm almost 40 as an almost 40 year old. Uh, I look back now and I'm like, wow, how blessed was I to have a dad involved? Um, there, there literally was not a topic that my dad did not engage me on mm. none. I can remember, uh, sitting on the bed. I was middle teens somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, as middle teens sometimes do, I had fallen and, uh, not physically, but visited some sites that I shouldn't mm. have visited. Mm-hmm. And, and my dad sat on the bed next to me and, uh, he said, son, you need to know that you're not the first person to deal with this. Mm-hmm. 
and you need to understand that you can overcome this yeah. because I, I remember fighting the same battle mm-hmm. and it's through the power of Christ and through the help of your mother and I that, that you're going to overcome this. Yeah. So there, there was not a topic that, that dad did not, um, it was toothpaste. It was, it was holding hands. It mm-hmm. was, uh, kissing. It was being in the car for too long. It was, you know, I, I had a time limit. When they saw the headlights pull into the driveway, mm-hmm. there was a time limit. And after a few minutes, oh, that's good. they would flip the lights off and on. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't come in, they would send out my three-year-old sister. Delano would come and oh, knock that's on the funny. door. And, and, that, and that's, I mean, that's how we lived. It, yeah. I'm over-involved in my son's life because yeah. my dad was over-involved in my life. I think that it worked. Now, I also realize that not every single family is as blessed as ours was. So what do you do in the moments where maybe there is an absent dad or maybe there is a dad who has uh, has passed away? You yeah. know, like what what do what do those couples do? Find someone to be accountable to. Yeah. Someone in your church loves you enough to ask you the hard questions. Someone in your life loves you enough to say, hey, how are you doing? And you have to love them enough and you have to love you enough in order to be honest with them and say, this is how I'm doing. And I, I think that, uh, that that kind of practical thing that my, my mom and dad talked to me about, and even Leah, um, you know, she was, she was a member of their youth group. Yeah. And uh, there, there was nothing that was off limits uh, for, for us. Yeah, so, so even if you don't have young couples, even if you don't have that, that built-in structure, those built-in guardrails and fences in your life, um, if you're in a community of, of believers, uh, which you should be, yeah. um, then find the people. Mm-hmm. Go out and seek the guardrails. Seek those protections let me let me offer a little bit of even uh, further refinement on that. Pray that God sends mm. those, because I went out and sought a mentor one time, and it was an utter failure. Wow! Yeah. But when I prayed for a mentor, the Lord just dumped him in my lap, and I still have him to this day. Excellent. And so you're right. Pray for the seek those guardrails out. Be on the lookout for them, mm-hmm. but. Pray that God will send them. He, he's going to send them to you. If, sure. if you're if you have heads up yeah. mentality, looking around and, and not walking uh, walking circumspectly, right? Mm-hmm. If you're walking circumspectly and you're praying, God send a mentor, you'll find it. Excellent, excellent. I feel like my parents were very involved parents. Um, my mom, if Ben was at the house, she would stay up. If it was in the evening time or getting later, she would stay up the whole time. She'd have plenty of things to do, fold laundry, I think she whatever did. it was. <laughs> An annoyingly amount. <laughs> I like think she did the same laundry. load of laundry over and over and over again. Yeah, she folded it and then dumped it back like, out and refolded it. Renee, how many uh, undershirts does Doug have? Because you've been folding them for two hours now. So thankful for that, though, because she had to do this for four years. Yeah. Think yeah. of how many loads of laundry she folded oh, again. quite a few. Quite four a few. years. Yeah. Then you cost a lot in water bill. <laughs> <laughs> cost a lot in a lot of ways. But you know what? Okay, so what? now that we're here talking about uh, in-laws, okay, mm-hmm. the, the, the people who will become or are your in-laws, that is a, a, a huge part of marriage. And, and being able to navigate through that relationship— uh, 
can be challenging, uh, but it also can be quite interesting and fun. Um, so how have you all worked with your respective in-laws and what does that look like? Maybe, uh, Leah, tell us a little bit about how you, because we've heard a lot about uh, Chris's mom and dad. So how coming into the family, what did that look like to you? And then how did you guys, uh, how did you guys form this relationship that you have today? His mom and dad are totally and completely awesome awesome. I love them with all my heart. Um, they really did accept I was part of their youth group. And so we kind of had that dual dynamic going on. Like at church, he was my youth pastor, but then we always laugh because he and I, they say we have a lot of the same personalities. <laughs> we both get hangry <laughs> and just like our overall personalities are a lot alike. And so even just hanging out at the house, um, his dad and I would watch, well, everybody would watch Westerns, but they would always say that it was Terry and I watching the Westerns together and I'd go get the ice cream and just, <laughs> just hanging out and for me, like cooking in the kitchen with his mom. She used to always laugh and say that her oven didn't like me because she would try and make a bunt cake. Yeah. She would try and make some bunt cake. And every time I was at the house a and butter she's sauce trying, bunt cake. That's what it was. Mom, if you're listening, <laughs> he would like one of those. Um, but yeah, her oven, something would happen to her oven and it would take that stupid cake that's supposed to take like 30 minutes, like two hours to bake and oh my it's goodness. still not right. She's like, I don't think my oven wants you to have this cake. <laughs> but just like forming that and even going and participating in things, going to his grandparents' house for dinners and stuff, even like when we were very first dating, I love Aunt Barbie, but she, her purpose in life was to like, kind of like poke at me and stuff. And so she called me Melissa. I think to this day, we've been married 18 years and every once in a while, his aunt will still call <laughs> me, still, Melissa, how are you doing? It's like, hi, Aunt Barbie. I love you too. <laughs> Just kind of making you feel part of the family because she does it to everybody. She'll make up names for everybody. And so putting myself out there, I am a pretty big introvert, but going and participating with things with his family, getting to know his extended family, grandparents and stuff like that. And same for him. He was over at my house for different holidays or different things that my family, he's three and a half years younger than I am. So they were always asking me, has Chris graduated kindergarten yet? Oh, no. Like, Thank you. So being able to take that ribbing kind of and getting to know everyone. I love that, that um, even though there is, there really is a stigma around the, the mom, like yes. the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. You know, there's always these little jokes and things. And so I love that practical advice of making sure that you plan to get together with that, you know, his side of the family, spend time, get to know them, even if it means a little bit of, you know, taking some criticism or whatever that is, or some jokes. Um, and, you know, I will say that I, Ben and I both, you know, grew up at Calvary and both of our families here. So I didn't really have to like go meet his family, you know, same for him. We already all knew each other. And, uh, and so we already had a good, uh, relationship there, but definitely as you enter into a family relationship, that's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I can remember, and I know my mother-in-law, Judy, she would be totally okay with me saying all of this. She and I, uh, had a very, and still have a very close relationship. We had a very close relationship from the beginning and we still to this day have a very close relationship. I could call her for advice. Um, just go hang out with her and have a good time or, you know, go shopping together, whatever it is. But also we have had our moments 
of stress in our relationship, Hmm. Judy and I, and she would say the same thing, but we always found ways to overcome those little bumps. And, uh, even I remember Ben and I had come across this book called the mother-in-law dance, and I highly recommend it, um, for any newlyweds, really any married couple. Uh, but she and I both read it together. I mean, separately, but together. And I really think that it helped us to understand each other even a little better and also understand our boundaries with one another. Because, you know, I had to be patient with her in her trying to figure out her new boundaries um, because now her son was married and they have a very close relationship and they did also at that time. So that was, that's a hard thing, you know, for a mom to sort of start to have to separate a little bit. Um, but, uh, it also helped me to just understand her more and also understand the ways that I could do better and the areas that I could work on. So, you know, I think it's really, really good to, yeah, uh, and, and I think that what you, uh, you know, what you have to keep in mind is that this is all part of the marriage. It, it's all baked into the cake um, to, <laughs> for Leah's cake. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> Maybe with the, the mad oven, but it's still, it's still baked into the cake. And, and, and if, if a, a young couple can recognize that, hey, these people are going to be a part of our mutual life together, and we need to figure out how we can make this as wonderful as it possibly can be. Now, just like real life, you're going to have to go through times where there's a little bit of tension. Um, but through those times of tension, you can actually grow much closer with those extended family members. And, uh, and, it, and it just creates this wonderful, wonderful bond uh, in, in the marriage. And I understand that we've been talking that we're very close to our in-laws and stuff like that. I know that's not going to be the case for everybody. For sure. Personalities sometimes just aren't going to be conducive to that. But just understand that they're not the enemy. Hmm. In 99.9% of the cases, they're rooting for you at the same time. You don't have to be on best friends. You don't have to constantly confide in this person, but you do need to be able to get along with them for the sake of everybody. Yeah. And I think there are also maybe times where it's necessary to set up some really good boundaries because some families, some situations, there are in-laws who can be extremely, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the overbearing or controlling, overbearing or controlling, point. or trying to get in the middle of your marriage, yeah. trying to you know help you figure things out and all this, and it, it is so important that the husband and wife they have their relationship, yeah. and you can't just always have someone in the middle of your marriage. You should, never should have someone in the middle of your marriage. So I think that's important for those who are struggling with maybe some strong personality types. Um, you know, as I said, my mother-in-law and I, we were able to just work through things and, um, and the guys were always level-headed enough to help us women kind of, you know, come to our senses or whatever, but it's not that way in every relationship. So, you know, if you're in a relationship where you've got a really dominant, uh, personality or whatever, you know, you may have to set up some really strict boundaries there to protect your marriage a bit. One of the strict boundaries that was set up early on in our marriage was uh, my mother-in-law's name also, as you heard me re- reference earlier, is Judy. Uh, Judy called me and she said, 
Now, Chris, I have done my best raising Leah, and we're Ed and I are giving her to you. If there's a fight, if there's a a disagreement, if there's anything, she doesn't come back home. Mm. You're welcome to come sleep on the couch, but she is not. <laughs> and that's a, that's an honest and good statement. Yeah. She said. She said. Look, she doesn't. She's your. In essence, she's saying she's your problem. Y'all have to figure this out. Yeah. yeah. And that boundary that. It, it, and it was like a do not enter. Yeah. Don't don't involve us in. And I I love Judy Taylor for that. That was wise, and and it can. It's wonderful that your mother-in-law said that to you. Absolutely. But there may be couples who have to make that boundary for known themselves. for themselves yes. with, with the man and the, and the wife. And then you have to uh, extrapolate that boundary out to both sets of parents to say, mm-hmm. you know, if you see that I'm upset about, uh, about my wife, I'm not going to talk to you about it. We're going to work it out. I may come to you for advice later. There may be an opportunity for me to seek out, but but I'm not going to come and I'm not going to gripe to you and I'm not going to, you know, put my wife down and, and come to you for a pity party. Or if in a moment of lapsed judgment, I do stop me. Brilliant. That's a good mother-in-law right there. For all the mother-in-law, father-in-laws <laughs> out there listening, that's a good mother-in-law, yeah. you know, just making sure that you you give that permission, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but yeah. that space to be like, you know what? You are married now mm-hmm. and you are your own thing together now. Well, the Hendersons are sharing some really great nuggets in this conversation, but unfortunately we're out of time for this episode. But stay tuned because next week we'll be dropping part two of our conversation with Reverend Chris and Sister Leah Henderson as we continue discussing starting marriage well here on This Is Family. So make sure to tune in next Thursday to catch the rest of this episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you don't already follow Calvary on social media, make sure you like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform at Calvary Tab Indy. We hope you'll join us next month for another episode of This Is Family. For now, we say farewell, and we pray God's blessings on your family.